Welcome to episode 157 of the Book Wars pod. Um, the number keeps getting higher and I keep just being like, yeah, kind of. It's, um, it's, lower, <laughs> it's lower than I thought it was going to be. I well, thought it was okay. going to be 158 today. Oh, that's right. Because I'm you very stupid. <laughs> just glossed over <laughs> what, what episode uh, we were doing for this book. <laughs> yeah, I thought we'd already finished the second half of the book. But it turns out I just read the second half of the book. Wow. And I was like, oh, yeah, we recorded about it. That's how that works. Um, great. Um, I'm Kate, and Burb has no idea what time it is. Um, and Chris is rocking back and forth, and Kristen is pretending she has nothing to do with any of us. Um, and we're here to talk about The High Republic Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. We're going to be talking about chapters 13 through the end, and we're probably going to do... Honestly, some rap stuff for reasons that we will discuss later why we were doing the rap stuff instead of doing its own rap, ep- rap episode. Um, but first of all, what are we drinking? Keeks, what are you drinking since you just made mouth noises? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear them, but I could they see were them. They inaudible mouth, no- mouth noises. That's good. Um, our fridge is kind of broke right now, so this isn't as cold as it's supposed to be. Um, but... Uh, this beer won 2021 gold American style India pale ale at the great American beer festival. Um, Look at her go. It's called volatile substance India, Northwest India pale ale from Von Ebert brewing. Um, it's got mm. this angry pig on it. It's, a, it's a feral hog. Uh, actually, <laughs> um, it's a uh, 6.9 alcohol by volume. Nice. Um, Chris would hate this. It uh, tastes <laughs> like trees, and um, it is a Northwest IPA. <laughs> it tastes like one. Um, it's good. I wish it was colder. I wish my refrigerator wasn't kind of broken. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, oh Miranda, did you make yourself a thing that we were talking about yesterday, or did Ooh, you do did. the boring version of that and make yourself not that? I No, I, I made it, uh, or I tried to. I don't know how well I did. So I recently came into a bottle of Aperol and more than one bottle Lovely. of Prosecco. So I have made myself Love this for you. an Aperol spritz. It is my first time trying to do that. So I don't know. Oh. And I've also never had one before tonight. So I have no idea how well I did it. Oh. But the bottle of Aperol has a thing where you it, it tells you the color it should be with a picture. <laughs> And then it's got, like, one that's too light, and it says, no. And it's got one that's too pink, and it goes, no. Yeah. Bless it. Uh, that's, I, I don't think yeah. I've actually ever noticed that. It's, that's the beauty it, of branded so drinks, man. But then the, then the uh, they didn't have, like, the club soda situation I wanted across the street. So I bought a sparkling water that isn't very carbonated. I don't know. You know what? It's not very spritzy. But it's It is the right dark. color. It is. Eh. Just put some yeah. more ice in it. Yeah, no, it'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, it's like it's, 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 it's diluted a bit from the ice since I made it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It looks like the right color to me. Look at the size of that thing. Always, every time, yike. Um, every time several rolls around, we're just like, I would like a spritz because 
we honeymooned partially in Venice, and now we are spoiled <sighs> for life. So, you know. I was going to say how very topical of you, Burb, with the Venice Film Festival going on. Wow. Oh, I was, I was going to say, like, I don't know. My girlfriend's Italian. That's all I know. I said something. <laughs> she's like, I Listen. love Aperol Spritz. It's not any fucking Italians. <laughs> That's lovely. They're so good. I, they're, I they're, they are very good summer drinks. Oh, it, yeah, they're it is lovely. Delicious. Okay, good. I, I, I was going to say, do you, do you like it? Are you dying? <laughs> I would say I mean, one of it, my, like... I got it for free. There a. you go. I would say one of my, like, top three Instagram photos, you know, since I Instagram so much. I haven't actually Instagrammed since, like, the beginning of the pandemic. But I think one It of literally my top looks three... like you... D- I, I just want to point out that it literally looks on Chris's Instagram like he fucking died of COVID. Because the last post he has is that uh, something about, like, I'm sick. And then he never posts ever again. <laughs> and it's like in the middle of 2020. And he's just like, it looks like you died, man. Like, <laughs> Is he dead or is it now, just depression? It's literally it's April now 16th, a good t- 2020. It literally does look like you died, though. No, it's now a good time it. to tell the podcast family at large oh, that God. we've actually stolen that hologram technology and have been faking Chris and everything for the last two oh, yeah. years. Chris Somehow exactly. Chris has returned. Time. Oh my god. <laughs> Still a sassy bitch. Uh, um, what I was saying was one of my top three Instagram <laughs> photos I think is uh, is a picture of uh, an Aperol Spritz in, not technically in Venice, um, on, on Murano, which is a neighboring island. But it's a very good picture. I don't actually know if. Wow, Milano's you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> it's like, well, it's not technically an Aperol spritz because it's not an Aperol. <laughs> well, it was Aperol though, so so we're good on that front. Chris, don't just worry. tell us what you're drinking, and then don't talk anymore. <laughs> um, I'm drinking tea because I'm old and have heartburn. <laughs> he sure does. He just pops so many tums before this, y'all. <laughs> like he's 84 I also years have old. like the very end of a uh, of a wild basin cucumber peach seltzer. It's true. I guess it's the only shit from Oscar up. Blues. Oh my god. Oscar Blues that we will drink because it is the only thing they produce that is not packed with hops. That's true. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a fan of Oscar Blues beer. Um, is a is a controversial opinion here in Colorado. It's it's, but. it's true. Um, I'm also drinking just some green tea because I've had a two-day either migraine or severe headache. Who the fuck knows? I was, all the lights looked 72 times brighter earlier. Um, So, yeah, I'm not drinking. I did have other substances, which I'm not into my full month of employment yet. So I will not further describe what substances they were because they made me pee in a cup. Um, But, you know. Anyway, our charity for this episode. Um, In all seriousness, uh, we obviously have... Um, been keeping an eye on the news out of Jackson, Mississippi, um, which is fucking horrific. And honestly, I wish I could say that I'm surprised it's happening, but here we are because it is uh, the year of Satan 2022 and America is still this. Anywho, uh, the Community Foundation for Mississippi has a disaster relief fund called the Helping Friends and Neighbors Fund. Um, if you go to their website, which is just formississippi.org, like F-O-R, and then spell it Mississippi. Um, they, if you go to the top banner, it um, has like a click here for, to help out with the water crisis, and it'll take you to the page with some information about donating to them, um, as well as um, some other organizations if you are interested in doing that also. Um, but yeah, please, please, please do donate. Everything is, everything is, as usual, fucking terrible, and even worse for those of us who least deserve it. So... Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Neat. Shall we talk about Star Wars? Maybe. Plants, plants, plants. Okay, okay, okay. Also, we'll get to the plants. We'll get to the plants. Chill the fuck out. Space plants. What is it? Yes. We'll talk about the space, space plants, plants in a moment. I just want to. I just want to say. This is probably the lowest body count for a Claudia Gray book that I have ever read in my entire fucking life. Like, Jorah yeah. dies off screen. And that wasn't even Claudia. Right. Like, that, I mean, who that knows? That was Charles. I mean, you don't know. Maybe it was her idea. But I mean, that's fair. In the in the behind-the-scenes writer's room. But anyway, um, Jorah dies off screen, and then... <laughs> and I don't... No one else dies. Even Des came back. Like, I swear to God, he got, like, fooshed out of the fucking airlock whatever the goddamn fucking hell and i was just like all right bye he's gone <laughs> he's never coming back i was like that was sudden and then i was like oh, part see, of it like uh, see a little bit in the back of my brain was like maybe he's still alive but i was like no it's claudia she wants me to suffer so i know no, i i super was like yeah i don't think this guy's dead that happened way too fast seems sus to me fair enough you have greater faith than i do in not just Wantonly Your lack of faith is characters. disturbing. Your lack of faith is disturbing. <laughs> so it is. I said, I just finished like my first pass of like major revisions on my fucking novel, and I was just like, who else can I murder here? I didn't actually want to murder anybody <laughs> else, but like. <laughs> the, the Claudia Gray method. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. fun. Um, but like, truly, I was like, I finished the book, and I was just like, this is, I mean, it's, I mean, Affy having to like give up her foster mom because she's being a hoe is, um, you know, a tragedy in its own way. But it's just, like, the least, like, like emotionally compromised I've ever been after reading at least a Star Wars book of, of hers that I've read so far. So I, I don't know how to feel in terms of, like, I like the book. And also I'm just, like, she's she's obviously written more stuff in the High Republic. So how is she going to make up for it later by gutting us like a fish? I'm, I'm going to regret this. I think, I think with, with her, like, doing the High Republic and doing multiple parts of it, she can build up our love more than usual. Oh God, you're so right to to make the 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 uh, death even worse. You're, I'm. See now I'm upset because you're absolutely fucking correct about that. Like that's just. I'm very sorry. Great, it's not my fault. She did kill. She did kill Wreath's feelings though. Wreath's feelings were a casualty of this book. He's not supposed to have feelings. Yeah, he sucks at that. <laughs> He's so small. Oh, you know who she did kill? She killed that like one monarch from Witch McCall, which did make me sad, like in the flashback scenes. Which did oh, make me sad. Oh, when he but got, it was when he got like, shot. Yeah, like that was like. Mm-hmm. Bit, I was. I feel like that was bittersweet, but not necessarily as like gut wrenching as I usually find these things. But anyway, Chris, you were saying. I was just happy it about wasn't the plants or about wreath. About wreath. Um. Oh, I mean, the I. Lesbian can... is alive. Yes. <laughs> The lesbian, the, the lesbian returns in future stories, my friends. Oh, Return hell yeah. <laughs> George Lucas's um, greatest work. <laughs> fuck yeah. R-O-T-L. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just got distracted by a lot of different jokes I could have made. Oh, um, my God. Uh, oh. No, I mean, Wreath is just... Honestly, Wreath is, like, very funny. This is very much jumping ahead in the outline because I made an offhand comment and then Kate asked me to explain it. But um, don't blame this on me. <laughs> but fuck you. <laughs> I I love the character of Wreath because I find him as a soft nerd who also got crushes on anybody who was nice to me. Oh my god! <laughs> don't uh, talk about our marriage thus. 
It's like about don't all the people that Kate Excuse was nice to you uh, at I'm one sorry. Point. I'm sorry. When have you been nice to me? Eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's just, I just like, he's a very relatable Jedi Padawan. He's much more down to earth and like also like the most reluctant Jedi you'll ever meet. Also, he's just bad at stuff. He's not, though. That's the thing. Like, okay, but he has to actually, like, try, and everyone else is like, look at all the cool force flips and shit I can he's, do. He's not street smart. No. But he can do tons of no, shit. I, no, absolutely. Because he, re- he read it in a book one time. Yeah. He's very book smart. He's very book smart, and he can and he can do some Like, he can do a lot. Like, when he uses a lightsaber, he's very good at it. It's just that he doesn't like to. Mm. And, like, just th- the moment of, uh-oh, I have a crush on a Nile. It's just, like, very, very funny. And then, like, just feeling supremely guilty for it, as if that could have, like, changed anything that happened on the station. He's such a sweet, dumb baby. I like how Affie just, like, nails... She sees them talking one time, and she's like, oh, dear God, this is, like, just <laughs> nausea-inducing. I'm gonna go do drugs with Leox and never look at them ever again. And I was just like, yes, I agree. <laughs> um, or rather, I would have been that person in that situation, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll talk more about Wreath in a minute. But y'all wanted to talk about these fucking plants, so have at it. Zombie ferns. Zombie ferns. They're Who evil. says they're ferns? I said they're ferns. They're viney. I, 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 I think they did. were trees. You fucking... They're jungle ferns. They're viney trees. There's literally fucking concept art of them. They look like bushes. Ferns. Jesus fuck. <laughs> what are they I called? I want to look at the art. They're called the Drengear. Oh, like a Drenger? Like on Assassin's Creed? That's how. <laughs> I was about to say, or there's a version of them also in God of War. <laughs> this too. I think they're Draugr in like, God of yeah, War. Yeah, I know. But still. Anyway. No, like clearly she's pulling <laughs> from a large tradition of um, zombie cr- yeah. creatures. And also, also, I think that there's something there about like dendrites. So roots and stuff. Anyway. Um, Is that a kind of vine? Oh my god, why is Wikipedia like this? Do they have an entire fucking article about Of course they have. Obviously they have an article about it very long. And (laughs) the the quote on it is, Meet, 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 a Drenger hungry for Jedi. Oh my god. Yes, that is is really all you need to know. That's very funny. (laughs) The Drenger did it for the vine. There's a a subsection called Society and Culture. <laughs> there are this is such a long article. <laughs> Welcome to Wikipedia. All of it is like well, this. They have to have some kind of documentation on like their practices of whatever the fuck they were doing when What's His Face got there and Des was already there, and they were like, "We can make them fight. <laughs> meet, fight, meet, fight." <laughs> The first rule of Drenger Fight Club is me. That's, I mean, <laughs> the only rule of Drenger Fight Club. That's absolutely fucking true. Um, no, but I mean, to actually talk about the Drenger, I, I really like them. I find like they very much play into like the ridiculousness of Star Wars creatures and villains, like kind of tied into one. Um, I love the fact that they're like sentient and they're not just like monster ferns like they're they're specifically sentient zombie ferns didn't they did they aren't there like evil trees and uh lord of the rings is that a thing no 
No, they're, they're there's good. There's nice Very trees wrong. in Lord yes. of the Rings. They're, they're oh. good trees. Sorry, I just assumed they were bad. Their wives are lesbians. They were alive. Oh, I mean, cool, 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 I feel cool. Like Never mind. We, there's there's a folklore tradition though of just like, and also just like, and also spiritual tradition in many cultures of just like trees being alive or spiritual or whatever. Well, so they are alive. Know, oh, like, for sure. It's. I mean, it's 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 the haunted forest trope. Except this even more haunted, extra fucking and with haunted. more teeth. <laughs> with more space. Um, oh my goodness gracious! Um, see, Chris, you're like you. You see, you're over here just being like, "Drinker are kind of funny," and I'm just like, "No, they're fucking terrifying." Maybe it's because I grew up in New York, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is a tree?" But I was just like, "If a tree's coming at me, listen, I'm man. pooping my pants. Like it's honestly, gonna happen. honestly, two of your greatest fears are trees and zombies. So yes. it is very on brand that you're <laughs> yes. scared of the drinker. That is completely accurate. Honest to God, it's trees, zombies, and things that are larger than they're supposed to be. Ah, uh, this is true. <laughs> yeah. Throw back to the elephant garlic incident mm-hmm. of 2019. Yep. <laughs> I swear we've told um, the story on the pod, but for those of you who haven't <laughs> heard the story before, one time I saw elephant garlic at the grocery store, and I was just like, that is not the size it should be. And it gave me this like, gross, uncanny feeling. You know when you look at like mushrooms or like rotting flesh or whatever, and you get that like feeling of just absolute disgust suffusing your body? That was me with the elephant garlic. So that's a fun fact about me. Anyway, somebody was that's on very, <laughs> That's very stoop. Kids afraid to leave his stoop of you. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 I was gonna say before wow. the elephant garlic detour that I grew up almost <laughs> in the woods, and I'm still afraid of the woods. They're very scary, and these are especially evil, like on purpose. That's fair enough. And not honestly, not woods at night are just dark. very scary. There's like Fucking there's terrifying. a reason that they continue to be the setting of horror movies around you know the world. Um, I had another point. What was it? Oh, it's I do love that like. It, they're the least likely thing to just an uninformed outsider on this whole fucking space station that's going to be evil as hell. Like, they're like, oh, look, these large, scary-looking statues. Um, we're having weird visions around them, and they're all clearly of dead people. So if we take this away, we can fix it. And it's like, oh, God, oh, no, we accidentally, we fucked up the whole thing. Now it's only space, scary woods. I th- I thought that was a lovely twist um, that she built in there with the the freaky statues. No, it's the plants, y'all. <laughs> like, plants. They're supposed to be our friends. I know. Just I know. I know. But you know what? Just Mother Nature. We says, fucked up the whole thing. Uh-huh. Trademark the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also like it's it's a really good commentary on. And this kind of gets into my question about how the Drenger and the Nile kind of coexist within the narrative. But it's kind of it's almost related to the Republic and the Jedi's attitude toward the Outer Rim and just like the general colonization of these areas that like some people are happy about, but some places are really not happy about. And like like the Nile, like not that the Nile are a political entity that we should all care about what they think, but like they're coming into a place where nothing is wrong, where there is no indication that any harm is being caused to anybody. And then they're like, I don't like this. And they're just (laughs) taking shit and making things worse. And so like, I, I found that really interesting as a, like, you know, kind of knowing that this is kind of like the high point of the Jedi. Like this is a great example of like 
the Jedi hubris that you know we as children of the prequels have all come to know and love, uh, and, and I, how the fact that they just like can't see themselves as doing anything wrong until they accidentally let zombie ferns loose on the galaxy. Stop calling them ferns. <laughs> I re I really like too that like the the kind of accidental enemy and the the not exactly like purposeful enemy because then i like they have a purpose um that weird dude with maybe eyes like he's he's got a plan but this is just he like does a anyway. regular yeah but like, but like not necessarily the other people but yeah go on no no they're all just like let's go fuck shit up <laughs> but like let's the broad, the yeah. one that the jedi are more in danger from in this mm. book it's just the completely natural one that if they had just gone to the space station and left untouched, like everything would have been fine. And it's instead, almost like you should repo people's cultural artifacts. <laughs> just you know, it's food for thought. But mm-hmm. instead, mm-hmm. Des got fucking yeeted to the the not fern world, and then Wreath uh, <laughs> got yeeted there too. And then they had to fucking fight for their goddamn lives because somebody was like, ah, let's change everything on this space station. I don't like the way it looks or feels. Well, we'll talk about Comac a little later, but shake my damn head, okay? Like, that's all. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. It was somebody's idea. It's like, I, I, I get the reasoning behind it, but it was very like, <gasps> oh, this is what we thought. Well, yeah, let's, it's gotta and be also, right. let's not fully analyze the situation we just got here let's take these fucking statues let's not discuss alternatives we've already had an issue where like we be we be attacked if we touch the vines but that just from the little droid guys yeah and honestly like the whole everything they experienced on the amexine station just demonstrated kind of a stunning lack of imagination for people who are supposed to be in tune with the galaxy and like Comac, you know, he is introduced to us as this very learned scholar who knows all about myths and different cultures and how the force is interpreted around the galaxy. And he just comes in and he's like, yeah, nothing's been wrong in here for a thousand years, but let's change shit. Like, why not? What's the worst that could happen? The thing that gets me is like, he comes in you know, mental guns ablazing like that. When in one of the flashbacks, like they clearly fucking ignored like the mythology that was painted on the walls for them to see danger. And he's still like, no, I think we're good. There are signs of danger. We'll just do shit. See what happens. He's just, he's very, and this kind of leads into the next question that we have on the outline, which is, do we think he's going to be the best master for Wreath? But he's very. You, you are just jumping all over the I, place. I know. Well, I'm gonna fucking. What's our next okay, point? Welcome now. to the pod. You, welcome back to the pod. You've been gone a while. Um, uh, yeah. Unless I recall, I keep kept things in line on the fucking pod, so you can just eat my entire ass. Um, what was I gonna say? No one cares. Oh, Comac uh, is, is the best master for wreath. Well, he he's just he's very ethereal, almost like he's not really concerned with the world in front of him. And it's like, it honestly, it's like kind of the anti Yoda from original trilogy and last Jedi lesson. Like he is not focused on what is in front of him. He is thinking about the past. He's thinking about the future. 
He's thinking about what could be. He seems distracted at all times, but he is he's like the opposite of living in the moment. And I and I worry about that for Wreath because Wreath also wants to live in other moments besides the one that is happening. And also just like on a practical level, like we're just talking about, you know, fucking Wreath being book smart and not necessarily street smart. But what what is Comac if not that? Like the, the reason why, why, why Master Jorah was trying to like kick Wreath all the way off of Coruscant was so that he could actually like go outside and touch some fucking grass. Like Comac's yeah. not necessarily going to do that for him. Comac is the master that Wreath wants. He's not the one that yes. Wreath needs to be a good Jedi. Absolutely. Because he's not going to push Wreath. Like, I, I think he's a very good Jedi for Wreath to learn from eventually. Maybe when he becomes a master, like, like they go do some nerd shit together. But, like, he needs somebody who's, because of how much he just kind of wants to stay in his one place and do his own thing which is books, uh, like, he very much needs a master who will make him do literally anything else. Right. Like, exactly. that's the only way he's exactly. going to learn, and I am not speaking from experience because I do not see myself in this Jedi. <laughs> so I told... Dude, I started... I think I started reading this book before you did, and I was just like, Burby, have you started? <laughs> it's it's it, you. Um, <laughs> I... Um, Fuck, what was I going to say? Um, the other thing about Comac is that he... I I worry about his, like... I don't even know what to call it. Like, personal integrity or whatever the fuck. Because, like, even though, like... We have Orla who, like, has her issues with the Jedi Order and how they do things and what the rules are and whatever the fuck. But she finds a way within that system to figure... To, like, figure out what it what it's going to mean for her. For, like, you know, for her life going forward. She decides to become a way seeker. She's going to fuck off. She's going to figure out her shit. Comics over here being like, why can't I be like just like vengefully rageful? That seems like a healthy feeling. I don't understand. And I'm just and he never deals with it. And I'm just like, bro, <laughs> like you can't Comic needs space therapy. Uh yeah. He doesn't everyone in this book seem... does, but Yeah. He doesn't I mean, big twist for Star Wars. <laughs> he doesn't seem to have ironclad principles, which on the one hand is not <laughs> bad, because like only Sith deal in absolutes, blah blah blah. Um, which it's never not going to point out the hilarity of that statement. Um, but, like, it does feel like he is all about blurring the lines, but not capable of drawing them where they need to be drawn. And we don't quite see that in this book, um, aside from his decision-making, which, as we've already discussed, is fairly suspect. But... <laughs> He it's questionable. Like like you were talking about his like kind of repeated talk about like I don't understand why we can't dabble with the dark side. It's all the force. And it's like I read that and I was just like, red flag, red flag, red flag, like oh and, help. Especially <laughs> since that's something that is like very ingrained in Jedi teachings, why you don't fuck with the dark side. And it's because you don't it's because you can't just fuck with the dark side. Like you, it leads you places. You t it takes hold of you, and then you start making bad choices. And we haven't seen that from Comac yet, but it does worry me that he was sick that day, apparently. <laughs> no disintegration. Trees he, he, oh my God. he missed that Trees lesson gateway Jedi drug. class. <laughs> Trees are a gateway drug to the dark side. <laughs> so true. 
I did really love seeing other like sentient like dark side users though. Like they were talking about you know like we know about locations and plants and things, but like you know um, I th- I thought they were just about as interesting as the Night Sisters on Dathomir in terms of just like introducing us to a culture that's just like no we're like. 100% the dark side, why is the dog poking the trash? Because um, he wants attention. That's what that's they said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I, l- I like the scary trees. But yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, Chris, Conrad pops up a couple more times, doesn't he? Um, so we'll see where where, where he, he leads our poor, sweet nerd baby. He does. Reef is in... Um, the the main char- one of the main characters in two more books um out of the shadows which is the next wave and then uh it's the ya in the next wave and then midnight horizon which is the ya in the final wave of this first phase of the higher public komak is in midnight horizon i don't think slash remember that he is in out of the shadows i think that's wreath chillin on on <laughs> on his own with with uh, other other people. Somehow I doubt he's chilling, being himself. But oh, he's not chill. <laughs> he's chill. He's chilling, but he's not chill. Sweet angel, that sweet uh, baby has never chilled in his fucking Jedi life. Nope. Um, but Kate, to your point about uh, other dark side entities, um, I also got big Night Sister vibes from the Drengear, and like this kind of goes back to what we've talked about with with certain stories in the past about how like horror vibes work really well in star Wars mm-hmm. and you, you kind of rarely get horror vibes from star Wars, like, because it's like, it's not a horror story. It's a political story, like as originally told. And like, so the enemies aren't unexpected. They're, they're expected and evil. But like when you have this, this wild card element of the Drengear who you don't have never seen and don't understand their motivations, because you feel like it has to be more complicated than just meat, but then it's not. Um, <laughs> and, it's and, and, and then the Night Sisters, who are who wow. are their own. Oh my god. <laughs> the Drengear just want a good charcuterie board, okay? Me. Uh, uh, and then the Night Sisters, who like also have these horror elements, and we don't know what it is they want, and just generally what their what their motivations and goals are. Um, it works, and honestly, there there was a little more casting rumor for the acolyte today, but that's that's really just all I want from the acolyte when that comes out next year. I, you mentioned like I've already forgotten the words you use. I'm very sorry <laughs> about the trees and if they have a purpose. No motivations, Night goals, sisters. motivations goals, and goals. Yeah, I see. I like. I really like the idea of them not having goals and motivations like i know that we kind of got an anthropomorphic thing so that's not necessarily the case but i love like if we're using the high republic to explore weird force shit they're just they're just the dark side they just have dark force energy like i don't know you know if the jedi want to scream about balance and the fucking force like where's the goddamn dark side on the space station in the trees the, uh, and that one made thing more that sense I, in my head. <laughs> no, I think it no, I think it does make sense. And I think that one it it coexists, I think, really well with the Nile, because we talked about this when we read Light of the Jedi about the reason the Nile are so difficult for the Jedi to handle is that they don't really have goals. They can't be reasoned with. 
they can't be negotiated with. They only their only goal is chaos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know that Marky and Roe has goals, but we don't know what they are. But the Nile at large as a group don't seem to have goals. I just want to and it up. Exactly. And like on the one hand, it's kind of like, why are you introducing another big bad? But on the other hand, it's like these two big bads only want one thing. And that one thing can work together because you can combine them and get destruction. And so it's a really interesting, I think, pair of challenges that are uniquely suited uh, and and props to, you know, the brainstorming sessions for the higher public initiative for this. But like they are uniquely suited to hit the Jedi in their weak spots. Are the are the trees a big bad? Or um, are they like they, a procedural bad? <laughs> I'm not positive of the difference. Do they come back up? After this? Yeah. Yes. Oh, fuck. All okay. right. Never mind. Okay. Like I, 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 they felt like a one-off to me. So that's what, I think that's what Miranda was asking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So when they, when they removed the stat, when they took the spell off the statues, oh, no. they, well, they woke they up Dranger around the galaxy. Oh, fuck. That's not oh. good. That's oh. Seems... Yeah. Okay. We go, we go, we going to talk about that next week uh, when we talk comics. Oh boy. Well, um, okay. Evil trees galore. Good, good, good. Um, That's a lot of evil trees. I know. Goodness. Um, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but just talking about like dark side based societies um, and the Night Sisters. I don't have high hopes for Fallen Order ever doing justice to uh, the amazing character that Marin could be because I don't trust men. But um, you know, I think I I'm fascinated always by the fact that like she is cast as like a Night Sister, but she's but she's but she can hang like she's she's an okay night sister like she's not and I'm just like not but also not really she's not like she's still I don't know like her culture has these like tendencies of just like you know manipulation and control that are like held in like th- like these 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 are vices that are held as values right and so I don't know I just which is all to say I want to go deeper into dark side societies I hope the acolyte will do that I hope what the acolyte is is like early Dathomir like night sister society that, that that's like my big hope for the show but i don't know if it'll ever happen until more women be right in the star war but here we are um speaking of sidebars can we talk about des and what happens to him at the end for a second yes um, definitely just because i think it's really interesting so you know des goes he gets yoed out the airlock and goes to drinker world they torture the ever-loving shit out of him and like a tr- like truly a horrific manner no, um, he's just, <laughs> they pump him full of, like, horrible, horrible drugs and all this other stuff. And, you know, he goes home, he gets his physical treatment, and then he tells Wreath, he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go take a fucking, uh, meditation retreat for several years. I'll see you eventually. Um, and I, I don't know how to feel I feel about that not in the context of like the world building or the story but in the context of the world itself like we were always joking about like what if anyone ever got like help for their trauma or whatever and it's just like he's like I need to go meditate for 10 years to like heal my connection with the force because the dark side was like so strong in me after being stuck on tree world for like 80 million years which which just totally makes sense um but it's just like is is that is that helping like your it sounds more to me like helping your your connection to the force feels like more like I don't know making sure your abilities are good as opposed to like making sure your like psychological state is good. I don't know. How did y'all read that? So, this is we should 
to me it's it's less a question of des specifically needing space therapy <laughs> and it's very much a question that is recurring within the higher public that we'll we'll talk more about as soon, even as soon as next week i think through the higher public through galactic history well yeah but 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 actually actually dealt with in the higher public interesting um, which is what do you do if you're a powerful individual and you can't be a Jedi or and you can't live up to the tenets of the Jedi? And there is a lot more that we're going to talk about. So, Keeks, maybe if you want to kind of like write that question down for the future, because there's at least two in my mind that are very much going to play into that. Um, but, Kate, to answer your your specific question about Dez, for me, it's almost less that he wants to practice his skills and more that he wants to protect people from himself because he doesn't trust himself. Ooh. Oh. Like it's a, it's a very you're locked in here with me. Oh. thing. And so that and that and that's why I think it's so interesting because what do you do when you're a person with, you know, this immense power and deadly weapons and really, you know, teetering on a knife's edge of being able to cause destruction on really a widespread scale. You know, we've seen throughout Star Wars what one rogue force user can do. And there's not a ton of options for you because at least the Jedi that we know, we'll kind of get into what the High Republic Jedi thoughts are on this in the future. But like at least the Jedi that we know in the Skywalker era are kind of like, damn, I ain't reading all that. Good luck, though. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I... That is that is fascinating. I one of the things I really love about the High Republic is that um, it really is being. I, I've 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 I made allusion a little bit to, before to um, Claudia Gray having been a fan fiction writer and probably is still a fan fiction writer secretly under some pet name on Ao3 floating out in the universe somewhere. Uh, but um, but I may I, I had mentioned that I think last episode just to say um, you know she is. She she's she's aware of some of the questions and the tropes and things that like people in the fandom have had and they have tried to address through their own non-canon stories, and so you know getting folks like her and of course the rest of um, the folks writing for the High Republic like they're fans first as well, and the fact that they have space in the High Republic to maybe address things that they that um, a, lo a little more far afield than what they could do with um, keeping within the Skywalker saga, I think is so much fun. Like just to see them, like because like because because that, that is a question in the in the in in the fan community is just like, well, if you're a Force user and you don't go this way or that, then like what happens to you? And yeah. um, what are your abilities? How powerful are you? Is it, can you in any way be any degree of self-taught? Um, these are these are all questions that people have tried to address um, by various means. I read a lot of Jason Sandula content, so this is a question with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Listen, the Canary Shippers. We we debate amongst ourselves whether he went to, um, you know, study at Luke's Temple and fucking died, or <laughs> if he just decided to like not do that. So, um, either way, like if you're if you're looking at, you know, someone who is force sensitive and untrained, like what what happens to them? Um, we have few examples, so there's that kid at the end of the That's last Jedi. Question. Yeah, he yoinks. He yoinks Absolutely. a little broom to sweep. Uh, sure I do. super read sure this do. as he was gonna broom go. Boy. We call him Spend Broom Boy, don't we? Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
he was going to go spend some time alone for a while, is how I interpreted that. But now that you guys have been talking, maybe that's fucking naive because this is Star Wars. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, why not both? Because, like, I feel well, like that should be his, in- his intention, but, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Probably something horrible is going to happen to him. Some, te- something terrible is going to happen to him while he's trying to have some goddamn peace and quiet. Um, but no, I mean, I think logically, I was just like, oh, he's going to go you know meditate for several years and he just went through some shit like he needs to step away and i was like yeah that makes sense that's what i would fucking do jesus no i think there's something to be said for that but also it's star wars he is not he is not a white woman and therefore his meditation retreat <laughs> is not necessarily <laughs> the most Restful and relaxing that we are, we he, we are everyone to see. I don't know. He's got he's got some demons to fucking battle in his like brain world or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and we'll see more about the Drenger in future things too. Future uh, episodes of the show. Future things that we read. Like he was essentially possessed by an entity that is not gone in any way and is force sensitive. So like. I definitely evil, evil trees. I, I, I see why he like kind of got to this solution of I need to be isolated right now. Like not even like I need to just like stay take a temple job in the library. Like I need to be like gone, gone. So like it's I don't know, it's it's very interesting to me and definitely a lot more to talk about it's as about we go. To go to like Octo and take a pork herding or something, you know? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna milk that weird thing. <laughs> Hang out with the caretakers. Oh fuck! Makes the best green cheese in the outer rim. I uh, there's the cheese, <laughs> cheese and meat. There it is. I'm upset. Can we move on? <laughs> that's that's no. really that's my that's me and Burb's fault. We mentioned dairy. That's we should have known that was gonna upset Kate. Fuck me. God damn it. <laughs> so fucking intolerant of lactose, guys. <laughs> um. All right, I put one question on here. What did y'all think about the presence of Leox and Affy and Geode and how they contributed to the story? Um, and I mean that, I'll expand a little bit what I mean there. Do you think that they were any different or added more or less to the story than kind of our traditional side characters in a Jedi story? I think because of like the nature of when this is taking place, like in you know the Jedi's first forays into the outer rim, uh, when they're trying to kind of bring everything to within the Republic, I I I, I thought it was interesting, uh, because you know he, just having the folks and it it felt more so. These are words, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> it felt like, it's like Harry Styles so- describing a movie. Wow. Oh my God. It just feels it just feels like a movie. Okay. <laughs> Uh, i feel like more so they kind of add in like the outside point of view um you know we see it with other folks but like usually they're more aware of the jedi or like appreciate the jedi being there more to save them from whatever fucking problems they're having but you know they mean they all have their own agenda here and it's like oh well we're smuggling this spice. I guess we'll drive some Jedi on the way um, and watch them completely fuck up the entire Outer Rim in one go. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I don't know. I, just, I thought the perspective was good. Like. <laughs> that's that's the whole me rambling is I liked yeah. their perspective, and like also, fucking Geode, what a guy. What what an absolute king. I just I'm getting a tattoo of Geode, guys. <laughs> and I'm problematic king. Yeah. I've seen pictures of tattoos of Geode. Are you serious? From Celebration. Oh my god, can you find them for me? I'll, I'll do what I can. <gasps> he sounds lovely. like a Pokemon. Um, he does, doesn't he? Um, Who's that geode? <laughs> um, ju- Jesus fucking Christ. Just <laughs> always oh said start just wars a- when I Googled that. Oh, good. <laughs> um, y'all, I'm the one who had the extracurricular substances. I don't even. Anyway, um, uh, what I was just to add on to what Burp said. Um, one thing that I appreciate about um, the characters that I've that I've met so far, just reading these High Republic books, um, the non Jedi characters who live on the quote unquote frontier, is that they're extremely capable people. Like because like, you know, they're not like they're not relying on the fucking Jedi to pop up. Um, they can't even rely on their own local fucking police enforcement. Can't relate. Um, you know, they can't rely on their local government. They you know if they're they, maybe they can have some recourse for you know, accident, vague accident insurance if they, you know, if they're part of a, part of um, some sort of, like, workers' guild. But other than that, like, they're on their fucking own. And it really reminds me, honestly, of just, like, the, that, that moment, you know, and here's, here's Obi-Wan Kenobi, spoilers, um, where Baru just, like, starts fucking pulling guns out of her fucking wall, and Owen's just (laughs) like, what the hell? She's like, we live in the middle of the desert and we could get eaten any fucking time. Do you think this house didn't have guns in it? And I'm, it's like, and it's one of those things where it's just like, oh yes, you are capable, smart people. And like, you know, maybe the Jedi think that they're expanding their peace and justice and whoop-de-doo, fluey, whatever stuff to the outer reaches of the galaxy. But like, these people don't fucking need it. They don't love give a that. fuck. Um, and I love that. <laughs> and I love that. The Jedi very much roll up like, congratulations, you are being rescued. Yes! And there is no clearer danger. Exactly! They're just just out there vibing, like... Exactly. Okay? Alright, I'm... I'm, This is exactly what the answer that I hope to get from y'all, because it's very much how I felt, and I I was wondering if I was just reading too much into it. I very much Chris feel a like Gemini fucking fishing so, for, so that he is, he can have his opinions confirmed. I hmm couldn't be me, <laughs> um, but I part of the reason I love the the crew of the vessel, and this also goes for other characters that we'll meet in the future. But we haven't met a ton of them yet. Um, they're just very demonstrative of the fact that the Jedi mythos does not exist to the extent that it does in the Skywalker era. And, like, people in the Skywalker era are very much like the Jedi heroes. They will come save us. Whereas here, they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of the Jedi. They, like, pray and shit, right? <laughs> like, can like you, people can don't. You fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, people don't think very much about the Jedi as an option for rescue. And so they don't rely on them. And I think that that is part of what keeps them very grounded and down to earth in that but we Jedi see in this area, particularly of the world. I mean, kind of you said like, that's, that's what they're doing. We, that's what they're doing. And we talked during light of the Jedi about how grounded the, the, Je- the Jedi on Elfrona felt, Elfrona felt um, that outpost and how it just 
like it, it felt smaller and more personal. And that's kind of what happens when you don't have the entire galaxy looking up to you as a hero. And I feel like by the time we get to the Skywalker saga, you know, 200 years in the future, we see the consequences of looking at the Jedi like they are going to solve our problems. Of having space cops? Yeah. I mean, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about the exact space moment cops. that the Jedi decided to turn into space cops in a, hey, in a, few, in a few books. Don't you worry. Oh. Yay. <laughs> and how I it's all like it, Stellan Geos' fault. I thought it was Yoda's fault. Interestingly, no, at this stage. At this stage. Oh. There's pl- Listen, Yoda's, Yoda's doesn't Yoda, help. Yoda, you no, know, I was going to say, Yoda's, Yoda's still going to be around for another, like, 200 He's years. He's still the fucking there was goddamn 700 police commissioner. I know. There's 700 years before this. No, no, no. He's got all the time in the fucking world to do war crimes. <laughs> no, we're Yoda's just full on going goblin mode right now, and it's great. We're gonna see. <laughs> we're gonna see him next week. Oh God! Like, all right. How it? All right. If we have like fucking stick in the mud piece of shit Yoda in the prequels, and then we have like old, like absolutely doddery, like eccentric Yoda in um, the OT and the sequel trilogy. Where is High Republic? Yoda? That's only tw- he is. He is. That's only he's full years. Empire Strikes Back Yoda. <gasps> like less, you know, mental degeneration. Nope. Maybe less emotional degeneration, a little less craziness. But he's 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 good Yoda. He's hashtag good Yoda. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> what the fuck happened? Like this this Yoda man lived for nine hundred years, and the last twenty, his brain was like, no, thank you. That seems. Listen, man. I don't know, man. Listen, I it was a fucked it. up swamp. <laughs> it was, it a was a very swamp. fucked up swamp. He made friends with a force cave, and that force cave and, is evil. And full of, like, noxious-ass fumes. Who the fuck knows? He's a different species. We, we don't know what affects his mental capacity. Maybe he was just breathing in <laughs> deadly neurotoxins for 20 fucking years. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see more of... And we don't, we don't fully know Yoda's development through the higher public yet, obviously. Um... But I mean, I think a serious answer is that power corrupts, and then he is removed from power, and has nothing to do for twenty years. But think about what he's done, and starts to remember. Good. What what <laughs> he's he in space what he thought before the Jedi before he was responsible for the galaxy, and I mean, and 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 that's it's on more than just Yoda. It's on the 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 beings who put Yoda in that position. It's on the government of the Republic for making the Jedi do this and relying on them it's to almost like be so cops. These, 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 these systems are, are, are bad and it's yeah. a systemic problem. <laughs> but when you, when you are telling yourself that you are all power and when you're hearing from others that you're all powerful and you're responsible for the well-being of the galaxy, it fucks with you. Is Dagobah a super fun site? Discuss. Oh no. Oh no. I was going to say, this is, if you thought Des's retreat was going to be bad, this is Yoda's, like, fucking meditation retreat. Here, have some slime. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, fuck's sake. Um, all right. I think we have some quick, like, overarching, like, meta shit to talk about in terms of the High Republic. Um, so, one of the things that we are talking about, are going to talk about throughout, um, reading the, this bit of Star Wars literature is, um, what are the advantages and disadvantages of having this um, tightly interlocked of a shared narrative? Um, I think for me, you know, we were just like, haha, we have nothing to talk about that'll fill up like both the this, this second episode and a wrap up. And I, and, and I feel, and like, I feel like that's because 
um, Light of the Jedi in this book, and to a certain extent, A Test of Courage, they all kind of feel like set up. And I don't mean that in a bad or a derogatory way, but like, you know, we're, we're getting like high level introductions to the characters and the world and everything like that. And so, um, you know, these are a lot of issues and things are being, and relationships are being introduced that I would love to delve more deeply into. And I hope we do as, um, as, as, as we continue reading, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, how how did y'all feel about like, I guess the movement of these books, but also just like you know what what they, how deeply they or or not they addressed thingies. I mean, I get like these are these are very much a setup, kind of the the galaxy as it existed two hundred years ago. Uh, we don't have nine films within a span of mm-hmm. forty years to to kind of uh, set the scene and so I mean I like it and I think they do a good job of that of like especially with like this one specific incident and like there's all this fallout across the galaxy and like oh there's some big bad we've been at peace oh my god but like I'm I'm really interested to kind of move forward in the High Republic and see um you know once we get away from the what are we even calling it is it like an an incident the Great Crash. The Great Disaster. Oh, sure. It has a real name. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, can you just make up one for it? Burby knows how to read. You know, <laughs> listen, I haven't read this book in weeks. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with this still being set up, it's all kind of very tied into, like, one thing, right? Like they're only stuck at the station because they can't get out of they can't go into hyperspace, um, because this great disaster happened, and you know you can still tell a lot of stories with that, but it, in terms of the High Republic as a whole and like this whole like joint storytelling adventure, I feel like this where we are right now is more limited than what I want because or like what I want to see um, because we're still very much like we need to set the scene. You know, we're still tied to this point in time. There's only so much outside of that we can do. And so that's, that's probably the the disadvantage. And of course the advantage is you can still do whatever the fuck you want with it. Like, <laughs> right. You know, you, you have a couple of things tying it to the rest of the story. And it's like, Oh, we're, we're stranded here. Um, let's, Find these fucking space plants that are goddamn evil. Like <laughs> that is that those are not the vibes of the first book, you know? Absolutely. So yeah. it's it's a bit of both with the shared narrative, especially right now. Um and I'm sure I don't know how like all the phases are set up, but I imagine that there's still kind of these these events throughout or themes or whatever the fuck they d- you know, they do with it that's gonna keep everything tied together. Um, but I want to, you know, I want to see more. I I love world building. That's all I ever want. <laughs> I don't give a shit about anything Listen, else. Good. Like, <laughs> good. Listen, good for you. I still can't read Lord of the Rings because it's literally all world building. Oh, um, I, I can't. I can't fucking read that. It's fucking boring. Sorry. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Nerds. I'm sorry, I cast aspersions on your character. That's why. That's why you just watch watch the movies. Word. And the TV show now. Extended yeah. edition gets you more. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, Burby, I totally agree with you. I definitely want to, like, dive deeper into things. I think one of my, like, 
not concerns, but one of my wonderings is just like how deep can we get in phase one um, over the course of like, you know, however so much time that they've allotted for that and however so many projects. Because, um, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but phase two actually goes back in time again. From where, from the from from the High Republic, we go further two hundred years back in time, right, or something like that, or one hundred or whatever. There, fuck, there are some 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 triple digit number. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, we're going we're going back back and we're going more back oh, in time. Yeah. Apparently, the look on Miranda's face right now. <laughs> you know, it's all I ever it's all I ever wanted. Uh, it's fucking time travel Christmas. Oh my god, I love you so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just because like you know we're clearly if we're gonna be going you know however you know, many dozens of years further back in the past, you know, we're, we're, we are going to leave probably most of these characters behind, except for, like, I don't know, motherfucking Yoda. Um, fucking Yoda. I don't know how long Geode lives. Maybe he just <laughs> is kicking around somewhere. Fucking I don't forever. fucking know what will happen. He's <laughs> <laughs> hanging out of Maz's um, cantina, waiting for right, him to blow yeah. up. Like. Oh, my God. Him just, like, with a spread of empty cups in front of him, and everyone's like, how is this rock even drinking? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I'm, ex- I'm excited to like, you know, for, for, you know, this, the fact that this is becoming like just ever expansive. Um, and also I'm just like, you know, are, are we going to spend what I personally, you know, cause that's all that matters. I personally feel is enough time <laughs> with like, you know, these characters that we've been introduced to so that I can feel like when Claudia eventually murders them, I would be just, I'm going to be just as sad as when like Leia died. So, you know, that's, these are, these are my... These are my feelings. Specifically with the characters, too. I mean, I I know there was like a, a hive mind situation where they, they fleshed all of this out. But I wonder, not having read past this, like what it does for just, you know, how deep we can get into the characters in terms of development. Um, yes. You know, like Claudia Gray famously writes Leia so well. And, like, is there space for folks to really flesh out some of these characters past what we might just see in one book, right? And, like, I know, like, the, they're they're featured across, you know, several, maybe, apparently. But, you know, oh, there, there's kind of a point. It did kind of fall out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... <laughs> I think you're. I think you're echoing all of what I'm saying. Just like you know, are we? Are we? Are we gonna really get to know these people? You know, being like, and see the, and also see them, not just like where they are right now, like getting it deeper into where they are right now, but like how, like, hopefully there will be a character development over the course of you know, mm-hmm. yeah. The and series I, I think, I just think about you know how Claudia Gray writes Leia and like how much into her mind that she is. Um, and like she's just so deep in there and like she really has a good feel of you know how Leia thinks and if we're doing like even with meeting I like I think that's a a limitation potentially of this kind of format is that I mean I'm I'm sure the character development is going to be fantastic I I love the High Republic this is not a secret (laughs) Um, I'm just interested to see how that goes Mm-hmm. you know with with a lot of different hands in the pot yeah and like i mean the special thing about like you know leia or any of the other other characters who are in more than one form of media is that like you know we get we also get we also know them from 
other places and even where, you know, maybe if somebody who had never seen Star Wars in their fucking lives, Red Bloodline, like, they would be like, I don't get this character at all. Whereas, like, you know, we can kind of um, just, because of what we know about the character, just, like, automatically, like, smooth over any of those cracks, just, like, au- like unconsciously in our brains. Um, you know, we don't have that for these characters, by and large. I mean, they show up in the comics and whatever the fuck, but, like, you know, still, it's the comics are... Yeah, and it's... It's that's a great point, and it really kind of speaks to, I think, one of the challenges for Star Wars moving into the future. And I think one of the reasons that what they're doing with the High Republic is so interesting is because, like, they are never going to have characters as iconic as the original trilogy, uh, as the original trio, rather. It's just, it was a very specific moment in pop culture history. Uh, they're never like they could re-release the same original trilogy movies today and they would be divisive like it's just (laughs) that's the world that's the pop culture that we live in right now because we live in pop culture that loves to find cracks and you know build separate fandoms within a larger franchise and that's fine that's not a problem but plus you're racist well yeah i mean that's always a problem that's racist but one of the issues that Star Wars is dealing with right now is that they are never going to have those characters. Din Djarin is probably as close as we're going to come for the foreseeable future. Listen, Baby Yoda Baby is a force in and of himself. <laughs> yes. But yeah, fair enough. No, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Th- that duo is probably <laughs> as close as we're going to come. And as much as Baby Yoda has dominated the cultural zeitgeist over the past two years, it's nothing compared to the original trio. Which, like, I know I'm not. I'm not implying that you were saying otherwise but like i'm just saying so and that i think is really interesting about the higher public of how do you get by it and how do you build something as big as the galaxy that george lucas built and get buy-in and get people to care about all this and so and, and i think it is really interesting and i do think you know certainly after this first wave of books that we've read the jury is still out of what else are we going to see these folks in um and i think this is a question mm-hmm. that we need we're going to need to return to at the end of wave one and certainly at the end of the higher public as a whole as to whether or not they were able to succeed if 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 anybody could succeed cool i have a lot of thinking out loud just about what you just said but like you know it's the the media landscape is very different like there you know when star wars came out 45 years ago uh there were three tv channels (laughs) (laughs) you're right the internet wasn't the internet wasn't a thing like i mean it was but only for top secret army shit, um, it was still it was still tubes, yeah, just just tubes, mm-hmm. um, and you know one thing we can't overlook Chris. as well is that <laughs> it's sorry, it's sorry he just forty five. What did you do? Oh, sorry, I belched uh. apparently off mic enough that nobody but Kate heard. Why well, was I was, I was talking? So I, I heard it. I was paying attention <laughs> to my own voice. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize for us interrupting you, Burb. Please continue. Who's us? Fuck, fuck you, Chris. Had <laughs> um, a girl. I was just gonna continue on and with, let Kristen remove it in post, but okay. <laughs> now we're keeping it. Go on. <laughs> with, I mean, with with that and like with taking into account the landscape of what pop culture looked like back then, we've also had forty five years to fucking sit with them and to mm-hmm. watch Han and Leia and Luke over and over and over again. Like, I mean, people fucking love Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, he, he was kind of in A New Hope, but we've had him for <laughs> over 20 years. 
uh, as kind of the character that we know and love. Like, I don't know. It's it's just a building on your point. It's not really adding mm-hmm. to it. I'm just making observations. <laughs> no, the, absolutely. They're good observations, Burb. They're, they're great observations. Thanks, and I think Mom. it's also worth noting that, like, even as long as the original trio has been around, original four, if you count Lando, we have Claudia Gray, who has fully embodied Leia and everything she's about. And there have been other authors who have done an excellent job with Leia as well. Uh, Rebecca Roanhorse did a great job with Leia. Um, Ryan Johnson did a great job with Leia in The Last Jedi. Um, Ryan Johnson and Carrie Fisher, it should always be noted. Um, and But there are, I mean, even after 45 years, who can write Luke? No one. No one knows how to write Luke. Useless except, twink. again, I would argue Ryan Johnson. But like... Useless twink. Can Luke can write Luke. Can Luke can write Luke. This is correct. But I mean, I just read Shadow of the Sith, and you know, this is a whole different podcast. But neither Luke nor Lando was in that book about Luke and Lando, in my opinion. You know, you know who actually did a great Luke that made no fucking sense? Battlefront. Yeah, honestly, Battlefront the- Two. For those who haven't seen that level of it, it's like a it's like five minutes worth of cutscenes, and it's honestly some of the best Luke content that we've ever seen. Yes, it's great. Oh, oh nice. Jumping around like by the river. <laughs> yes but he's, I don't know, he says some cool shit that also i don't know it feels it feels right it feels good <laughs> yeah highly recommend yes um but yeah so i mean yes yes to everything you said burb and also like there's such a unique cultural touchstone that like even now they're still hard to nail down and so i think that's another challenge of how do you build out iconic characters but also do it in a way that people can actually write them when a lot of times it's really hard for more than one person to write a character. And Is you're going to get us I to will... fucking wrap the fuck up? What is this? Yes, that's how I interpret okay. it. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, just one last thing on that, though. It's like, I do like the flexibility He's just like, shut the have. fuck up. I want to go to sleep. Wait, hang on. Okay, Burb's talking. I know. Going, going 200 years in the past, like, we don't have to worry about how, how these characters are portrayed. And I think, like, even with, you know, the limitations of having too many cooks, like... It, it it's a blank slate for them and i think we've seen some really good character development so far and some really interesting characters and i love silas wreath with my whole heart the end wreath silas wreath silas <laughs> whatever his fucking name is <laughs> i love him a lot clearly with okay whatever his fucking name is with your whole heart <laughs> I, I was pronouncing it like yoda that's not a sentence no he, he does that he does that with sentences he doesn't do that with proper nouns i don't know man Let's just let's just go. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kate, are I don't you bringing know what I'm us out saying. or am I? What? Are you bringing us out or am I? No, you are. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this wide-ranging episode of uh, the Book Wars Pod. Uh, as a reminder to everybody, you can get another COVID booster now. So just go fucking do that and get a flu shot while you're at it. Uh, continue to stay safe and act like we're in the pandemic that we are. Um, our next episode, we actually got through all of our wrap topics on this episode, so we're going to be jumping right to the first episode on the Higher Public comics. We're going to be reading and encourage you to read along with us, Volume 1 of the Higher Public Adventures, uh, published by IDW and written by Dana Jose Older. Um, we are going to be discussing the first Marvel volume of the Higher Public comics by Kevin Scott. We don't recommend you read those. We actually recommend that you don't, because Marvel's bad, but... The plot is critical to the development of the higher public, so we'll discuss that. If you have the means, uh, please 
consider donating to the Helping Friends and Neighbors Disaster Relief Fund, uh, which is run by Community Foundation for Mississippi at formississippi.org. And after that, if you want to support us, you can donate to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. And we will continue to bring the Argos, Serbi, Jasper, Orca, and Tony content coming. There's some really fantastic Orca content, if I do say so myself, on the Insta this week. Thanks to Burb. Miranda posted a reel, y'all. We're so proud of her. Baby's first time. Uh, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Pottington Bear. Our logo and artwork is by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production are done, as always, by Kristen McDonald. Uh, for Miranda, Kate, Kristen, and Rana, I am Chris. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.